0: SOS Radio on demand It changed
1: my heart
0: on demand
1: It changes your life
0: Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast I love what Timothy Keller says about prayer He says to pray is to accept that we are and always will be fully dependent on God for everything We're talking about what prayer means with Amy Boucher Pie today at SOS Radio How are you?
1: I'm well. Thanks so much. How about you?
0: I'm doing well. You know, it's interesting because when we think about the craziness of our world and we try to recenter, prayer plays such a part in connecting more richly with God.
1: Indeed, it does. Prayer is, is really the key way to communicate with God, isn't it? And, you know, when we pray, when we turn to God, even just a little bit in prayer, he just runs towards us with his arms open wide, so thrilled that we're wanting to communicate with him.
0: It's interesting, Amy, because a lot of times we think about prayer as like our connection with God or the way that we reach out to God, but there's more. What have you learned about the dependence on God that comes with prayer?
1: Well, as we communicate more and more with Him, we grow in intimacy, we get to know Him better, and we get to know ourselves better. And through the Holy Spirit, He changes us. It's true. God can actually bring about change. And so as we grow in this relationship, we become more like Christ. And that's just a lot better to be around
0: God works so differently than we do. He thinks so differently than we do, and he communicates so differently than we do. And we're talking about the ways we pray with Amy Boucher Pie today at SWS Radio. When it comes to communicating with God, you hear all the time about a prayer being answered in like some sort of miraculous way. Like you talk about people getting healed, you talk about relationships being restored or finances being mended, and you have this list of the things that we pray for in these desperate moments. And a lot of times, you feel like your prayers go unanswered, or maybe they're just ignored for a season. Why do you think that some prayers get answered quickly and some answers take a whole lot longer?
1: Well, that is a huge, huge question. And I mean, it goes down to God's character. He loves us and he does communicate with us. And sometimes we, our ears are stopped up and we just can't hear him for whatever reason of our own making. Sometimes he allows a period of silence, what's known by some of the Christians from way back when as the dark night of the soul, when, you know, maybe because of the sinfulness of the world, that the world is not the place that God created it, that things go wrong, and that we're affected by that, and God feels far away. Or maybe, you know, we've been so loving the experience of prayer that we search after that experience instead of God. It's, you know, a subtle shift. We look for the gift instead of the giver. So it's a really big mystery, but if we press on and keep on and maybe just read the Psalms, if we can't pray ourselves, if we keep reading the Psalms and using those words to help us pray, eventually I do believe and I have faith that we'll get through that season and that we'll hear God eventually.
0: We're talking about some of the time-tested practices for encountering God with Amy Boucher-Pie today at Swiss Radio. She wrote a book about the seven ways to pray. And Amy, you've studied prayer. You've gone back to God's Word. You've studied the ancient practices and the disciplines that many of our forefathers have studied about how to connect with God. And You broke this down into some digestible ways. you want to talk about that for a second?
1: Sure. Yes, I've gone through seven different ways. They're not the seven ways, but there are seven ways that have lasted for centuries. And I start with the Bible, praying with the Bible, praying through the Bible, because the Bible is God's inspired word and really the primary way that He speaks to us. So, if any of these prayer practices go against the Bible, then please get rid of the prayer practice <laughs> and not the Bible. And then, and then we look at practicing the presence of God, which is a wonderful way of just reminding ourselves that Christ lives within us if we are followers of Christ. And then hearing God, how can we learn to hear His still, small voice? And then we look at lament. How can we lament? How can we pour out our complaints and our grumbles to a God who wants to hear? And then two more. One is gospel imaginative prayer, where we place ourselves into the story of one of the Gospels, through our imaginations as inspired by the Holy Spirit, we're smelling the smells and seeing the sights of when Jesus lived. And then the last one is examine, which is looking back at our lives at a specific period of time in order that we can look forward with God.
0: I think it's interesting because a lot of times we'll find that we say the same things over and over and over in our prayers, and so that's why it's good to look at the different ways we can pray. Not the ways, but just different ways.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's why I've really tried to fill this book. It's really weighted to the prayer exercises so that people can have a go. They can try out these different ways. There's lots of prayer exercises within each of the seven chapters because we're all different. And, you know, they're not going to work with each of our personalities. And we'll use different ones in different seasons. And I think the Holy Spirit can really work through them in people's lives. So it's wonderful to have a go with all these different ways to pray.
0: We're talking about how we can make our prayers a little more effective with Amy boucher Pie today at SWS Radio, and essentially, we're talking to God. We're having a conversation. We're not just taking the time to talk, but also taking the time to listen. And in your book, Seven Ways to Pray, Amy, you talk about there's some questions that we can ask, like, you know, what am I most grateful for today? What am I least grateful for? You know, when did I feel most alive today? When did my energy drain out of me? When, I, when was I happy? This? When was I sad? What brought me joy? What annoyed me? It's like going into those things and then taking that to God almost like a discussion starter.
1: Exactly, yes. Those are in the chapter on the examine, which is that looking back in order to move forward with God. And that's inspired by Ignatius of Loyola from 1600s in Spain. And he would have this practice of looking back, of asking these questions, where am I moving away from God, and where am I moving toward God, just as a way of noticing, in kind of a technical language, the movements of your soul, which just means, how are you with God? Are you moving away from Him, or are you going toward Him? Those questions are really practical, hands-on kind of ways to go, hey, is everything okay with me and God, or do I need to make a little shift, a little correction to my course?
0: You know, when we want to learn to pray, we start with the way that Jesus prayed, almost like a model prayer. You know, we call that the Lord's Prayer today. But when we dig in and you go, okay, I do that, I read through that, but my prayers just don't feel effective. We're talking with Amy boucher Pie today at SWS Radio. You went through and studied some of the disciplines and the practices and the way that many of the early theologians and the early Jesus followers started to pray, some of the disciplines that go back with that.
1: Yes, and they really came alive as I saw how people were changed by them, how their lives were, you know, they became more alive in God, they became more confident, they had faith. Teresa of Avila is another really interesting character from Spain again back in the 1500s, 1600s, and she lived at a time where there were so many constraints for hearing God, but yet she was able to hear God, and she turned from a kind of silly girl, as she would have called herself, to a woman who was a leader in that time and who started up different monasteries and who was a real reformer for change. So it's great to see how these prayer practices are really hands-on and make a difference in people's lives.
0: Now talk about Cassian and the way that he prayed.
1: Yes, John Cassian. He was interesting. He was way, way back. I think like 300 or something. He's known as kind of a bridge between Eastern Christianity and Western Christianity. And he came up with this unceasing prayer where he would pray. He would instruct the monks under his care who were uneducated. So they couldn't read. And he wanted them to pray one of the Psalms over and over. Oh God, come to my rescue. Oh, help me. Oh Lord. And I don't think I have the wording completely correct there, but He wanted them to be praying without ceasing, and I think they did that, but even he admitted that this kind of formula for unceasing prayer, that he got a little bored with it, but we can use that if we can't fall asleep, you know, or we could pray just the word Jesus, or there's the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner, you know, just these kind of prayers to calm our mind and settle ourselves and to help us to focus on God.
0: You know, it's so interesting when we study so many of the different early Christians like Athanasius or Cappadocius and Polycarp and so many of these ancient writings that are written, that are translated into English, but you just see the faith that these guys had and the way that they weren't trying to reform things like we are today, but they were trying to influence culture throughout the Roman Empire and trying to share the hope of Jesus and the love of Jesus and hold things together when there was so much fragmentation. And you look at the way that our early church fathers prayed then versus a lot of times today we're thinking about reforming things. It's wild when you read through things like that up into the times of even like John Wesley later on.
1: Yes, indeed. I've read... A few of those that you mentioned, but not all of them. Some of them sometimes feel a bit impenetrable, don't they? But the way that they were so alive and so wanting to make a difference in society is something that we can really take hope from and follow as an example.
0: I was reading something from Athanasius who was one of the early Bishop of Alexandria back in like the 300s, okay? And probably one of the most influential figures in that season. I mean, he was a guy that was present at the Council of Nicaea. And he said, men as foolish as they are, through little grace that they received, they turned away from God. They defiled their own souls so completely that they not only lost their apprehension for God, but they invented for themselves other gods of various kinds. Like they fashioned idols for themselves in place of truth. and They reverence things that are not. So rather than God who is, like the Apostle Paul says, they started worshiping the creature rather than the creator. And sometimes in our prayer, I think we still do that today.
1: Oh, we do. I love that. Worshiping the creature instead of the creator. You know, we're praying and it's almost like we're doing horizontal prayers. You know what I mean? Where we're praying with an eye to whoever's listening in if we're praying aloud. Or, you know, we just, yeah, we've made an idol out of something close to us and we haven't really bowed the knee to God who is our creator and who we should reverence with holy awe.
0: We're talking with Amy boucher Pie today at SWS Radio, and we're talking about the practice and the discipline of prayer. I think a lot of times where we are in modern Christianity is we think so much about the relationship with Jesus, which we should because that's what it is, that we forget about some of the disciplines, or we just think like, oh, the legalism and things like that, of the olden days is bad, it's all about relationship now. But when we go back to these time-tested practices, we can actually encounter God in fresh new ways that open up that relationship.
1: Yes, I couldn't say it better. I totally agree. And that's why, I mean, these time-tested practices have lasted for years and years and years because of the way that they usher us into God's presence. So, you know, they've been around for so long for a reason, because they work in the sense of getting us into God's presence.
0: Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through sosradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.